Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 387 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Leet and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, uh, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have the sultry tones of Commander Shan, our Inhuman Resources Director. Hello, I'm a happy Shan. Hello. We have our health of head and safety, Commander Aid Levice. Hi, Colin. What? What? Our health of head and safety. Yeah, well, it's 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 going have to be one of those. Have you back from Psychit? Beg your pardon. Really? Well, the 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 other day when Psychit was hosting, she seemed to have stolen your tongue. I I do not want foot, to discuss. Her foot was well and truly in her mouth. And I do not. You started with a great spoonerism. Yes, yeah. right, fine. Well, moving on from there, then our head of health and safety, otherwise known as Bed Moss Woodward. Bed Moss Woodward. Yes, that, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going to go from now on. Right. Um, also, we have our ambassador from the East India Company. That's Commander Mac Winston. Hello. Hello. Have I got your name and title right? It sounds like you have more or less, yeah. Yes, good. At least that's what, one out of three so far. That's not too Mark bad. Lanston. And also yes, join- Ed Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us to discuss all things happening in real life, we have um the legendary Karen. Oh, as in <laughs> as in Lavecon Karen. Um now if you wish you can join us live we are hanging out in games somewhere are we ben yeah we are indeed we're um well Miggles and i have both gone retro um which we'll probably cover later mm-hmm. um, yes i can i can yeah, see that we're, we're in lave station yeah they're looking very very uh, apollo landings there yes yes 
but if you can't get to us in game, you can join the Twitch chat channel. You can just access through laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, go to Twitch TV slash live radio or Facebook or YouTube. We'll be broadcasting and we're even broadcasting on Twitter. Yay. We'll actually do what we're going to do, discuss this week is basically the usual development news, the store alert, have a little bit of a discussion about things which we've still to decide at this moment in time uh, and of course the usual community cover it but first of all we'd like to talk with Karen because obviously LeaveCon is happening this year and um, we've been getting a lot of questions so Karen would you like to just explain where LeaveCon is what dates and um, how things are going to be different this year Sure. So um, this year, LaveCon is the 15th to 17th of July, um, which was a little bit later than we originally planned. We'd initially planned it for the first weekend of July, but then somebody unhelpfully put the Grand Prix on that weekend. Um, Yeah, I know, right? Which is why we've also had to move location because, you know, Grand Prix. Um, So we are in sunny Milton Keynes rather than Northampton, um, specifically at the Kent Hill um, Conference Centre, which is very exciting. Um, But on the good news, it means we've got more bedrooms, which means we can fit in more commanders and more people. And that's awesome. Um, If we sell out of bedrooms, I will be slightly shocked. But, you know, don't take my word for it because, you know, these things can happen. Um, But um, so it's a different layer, which means that it will feel quite different. Um, The venue is across well the venue as a whole is across several different buildings which are linked together with corridors and a courtyard in this in the middle and what have you um so you've got the bar and restaurant and reception and where our um registration desk will be in one building you've got the bedrooms in a different building and you've got the function rooms which is where all the uh panels and talks and streaming and all of that uh, land room will all be happening in a different building but as i said they are all linked with with corridors so you don't have to go out in the rain unless you want to um so yeah it is it is a different feel of a venue but it's the same um company so i think a lot of it will feel quite similar um so yeah it, it'll be different but a little bit the same it, it's going to be interesting because the room layouts are very different in terms of the function rooms we may put on different activities and different things we haven't worked out exactly how to make best use of the venue but also because we're waiting to see exactly how many because it's a bigger venue how many hundreds of people are going to come which don't get me wrong is both lovely and exciting but also a little bit scary um but so how we'll use the venue exactly will partly depend on how bookings go so we're trying not to finalize that until we know roughly how many people are going to join us um so that's the sort of basics um in the next couple of days i will be um emailing all of the people who have got rollover tickets from obviously previous um live cons where it hasn't gone ahead where it's gone virtual etc um so everybody who's got a ticket that hasn't been refunded for any reason whether that's because they didn't email me to say refund me or whatever reason that didn't happen but i've got a list i will be emailing everybody and going these are your options obviously if people 
now knowing the dates and everything can't make it um they can have a full refund on their tickets if they are um able to make it then we will absolutely honor the tickets as they've booked them um although there will be some small changes for people booking a couple of the prices have changed because new venue um but if you pre-booked, i.e. if you booked from previously, we will honour the, the prices that you booked at. Um, so that should be all fine. But yes, but don't email us saying I want to do this, that or the other until we email you because otherwise I'm going to get inundated with emails and get totally lost. Um, we, will obviously, we will also be emailing those on our mailing list, although there's been some... Um, discussion we had a previous mailing list it sort of fell over because we didn't use it um so we started a new mailing list so do go on the link is on our website it's on our social media if you're not sure if you're on it please do um check um or you rejoin it as it were just in case um to be 100 percent sure that you are uh, on the right mailing list um and then yeah that's that's all good. What else can Excellent. I tell you? <laughs> um, we've got a couple of questions in the in the the chat. I mean, Commander XLA has been saying, "What's what is actually the max capacity of the hotel?" Uh, <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure. I can't remember how many bedrooms they said. That's terrible. I think it's about 400. So it oh. that's like you know four times the number we had previously. So the so don't quote me to the exact number, but it's in that region. Uh, so yes, the chances of selling out of bedrooms is quite low we will however not be taking even if there are rooms available we won't be taking uh, bookings that include food which is the gold and silver tickets right up to the day before because obviously if we get 100 bookings the hotel won't be able to feed you all um so at the very least bookings including food will close a month before the event to give the hotel a chance to get in the right amount of food so if you do want a hotel room, don't assume there will be capacity and therefore to book at the last minute. Um, but on that subject, we are opening bookings a week tomorrow. So that's Yay. the fourth of Wednesday, the fourth of May, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are opening bookings. As I said, we don't expect them to sell out completely. Hopefully by then everybody will have received an email if they've got an existing booking. So we'll have been able to you know, sort of sort out some of those things so that they know what they've got, what they haven't got, what they need to book, what they don't need to book. But as I said, don't panic. They shouldn't sell out in the first half hour going on sale, I say, touching wood. Um, I, I do know that some people have been asking, will that Frontier be attending this year? Uh, are, 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 are they in touch? I have no idea. I have dropped um, off a an email. I have not heard back from him. Um, I do have some other uh, contacts in Frontier to follow up. Um, previously, we, um, you know, the contacts that we had previously sadly have left Frontier, mm-hmm. uh, which does make things a bit more complicated. Um, but we we will of course invite them. We would love them to join us. We've no guarantee. Last year, they weren't keen to do a panel. Obviously, we were online last year, but we did offer them um, the opportunity to do a panel or a Q&A, and they declined that at the time, which is the first time that they had declined to do a panel with us at Lave Radio. Uh, oh, sorry, at Lave Cotton. Um, so we, yeah, so we don't know. Who knows? Gotcha. Yeah. But we'll invite them, and hopefully they will come. And I imagine whether they do something formal or they don't do something formal, I I 
I would be shocked if we don't at least get some of them coming and hanging out and having a pint with us and saying hi, because, you know, that would be unusual. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think we've covered anything, everything. Has anybody got any questions? Anybody uh, else, rather? Yes. And yes, I've got I've got quite a few, really. Um, Karen, just to reiterate what you said about costs, if you do, people need to get in contact with you and say, please carry my ticket over, or are you assuming people who paid and haven't been refunded want to carry their ticket over? Uh, no, neither of those things. Um, what I said is that we will be emailing them. We would like them to respond to the email and let us know what their preference is with regard to their ticket. At this stage, we're not making any assumptions either way. So if you want your ticket to be um, you know, carried over, you need to tell us. If you want a full refund, you need to tell us. If you want part a refund and part carried over, you need to tell us. But what we are saying is we will not be carrying tickets over to next year. So it is either you attend this year or you get a refund. We are not otherwise we are you know we cannot have permanent rollovers forever because accounting becomes a huge headache excellent um yeah i mean you've been quite busy over the last uh, few weeks as well haven't you uh, both you and alan um i take it you've also got something coming up in the future as well with yeah we've got a whole uh, us at hws um, which you can find us on hwseventscouk um mm-hmm. we we have a whole bunch of projects going on so yes lavecon obviously very exciting um we're also going to be at games expo this year and we will be selling books at games expo this year because we thought why go to a gaming convention and not sell books that sounds like the way forward um so yeah essentially the idea is that we can provide some depth to your campaign if you want to head off amongst the stars doing something or if you like to a D adventure um then we can provide some novels or short stories that might give you some inspiration or background for that setting um but mostly also do pop over say hi find out a bit about lavecon see what we're up to that kind of stuff is all lovely um so that's the start of june at the nec in birmingham um, so do pop over and say hi if you're going to that. That would be lovely. Um, we are also running FantasyCon 2023. So not this year, but next year. Um, FantasyCon is the annual convention of the British Fantasy Society. So quite focused on sort of books and literature, but not 100%, but also art and comics and, you know, all sorts of things going on there. Um, so we're running that in Birmingham um, in 2023, which is very exciting. Um, we're also big to run World Fantasy Convention in 2025. So I am off to New Orleans later in the year so that I can put in our full bid to run um, a World Fantasy Convention, which is very literature focused, um, but is fantastic. And you get lots of quite well-known authors frequently attend that kind of thing. And definitely sort of publishers and editors and agents and all of that kind of stuff, both at FantasyCon and at World uh, fantasy convention um so if if you have any aspirations in that direction i would definitely say get involved in those things um alan yeah. has been quite busy he's the chair of the british fantasy uh, sorry british science fiction association i'll get them mixed up i'll be in trouble um british science fiction yes you will <laughs> Which, which keeps him busy. Well, you see, I'm on the committee for the British um, Fantasy Society, so it gets very complicated in our house. Um, but yeah, he's he's the chair of the Science Fiction Association, which is fab. Um, he's just released the second of his um, Fractal series novels with Flame Tree Press. That was, uh, in fact, it's coming out this week, tomorrow, in fact, I think. Uh, it was launched at EasterCon um, this year, which is lovely. Um, and we had a 
a multimedia launch with lasers and excitement. Brilliant. Um, but that's that's available this week from your regular bookshops, um, which we're, you know, obviously very proud of doing really well. Um, but yeah, so no, it, yeah, it, it does keep us busy. A little bit of editing of role-playing games and, you know, Alan does a bit of sort of freelance writing, various things. It, yeah, it keeps us keeps us busy. <laughs> it certainly does. And um, we'll just point out to everybody, if they go into the community page on In Frontier, LeaveCon is now mentioned on the community website there. So you'll now know you you'll now have uh, the LeaveCon icon there. So Karen, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we've got a lot of people interested and uh, looking forward to actually physically meeting other commanders because it's it's been quite a while. Yeah, it definitely is. And we're so looking forward to it and seeing everybody. You know, like you said, it has been a while and we've, we've missed everybody. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We think it might be different, but it will still be a lot of fun. And seeing people and hanging out will be the best thing. Um, one tiny thing I would say, as I said, the website, hwsevents.co.uk or via the Lave Radio um, website. Don't buy tickets anywhere else. A couple of people have said they've seen tickets that they thought looked dubious. Yeah, only buy tickets with us. We don't, we we refund or transfer with us. We don't allow people to ref, uh, transfer tickets on their own because we don't want them sold at a higher price. Mm-hmm. So yeah, buy them with us. Don't buy them from anywhere else. Um, and obviously you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of those things, HWS, um, LaveCon, look for those things, come follow us, keep in keep informed yeah excellent well um i i guess you can now run away and do proper things well i'll leave you to it if that's all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay then karen thanks for joining us and for bringing us up to date on lavecon and no uh, thank you take care (laughs) bye right well um that's lavecon sorted for everybody um this year uh, I'm hoping to make it down on the Sunday. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So we'll just go around the crew and see what else they've been up to for the last week or so. So we, we can start with Chad. This last week, um, I've been mostly doing adult, grown-up stuff. Like, basically, the wiring in our garage is a bit of a mess. So I purchased the relevant tools from Amazon and did my own electrical work. And much to Mrs. Shan's surprise, it hasn't burned down yet. So I was quite pleased about that. We went away to Darlington for a few days, Mrs. Shan and I, and the, we came back and the house was still intact and the pets were still alive. So that was good. Has Darlington managed to not burn down yet as well? I don't know, but it was it seems to be all right. It was quite a nice weekend, really. It was like that when you got there. Yeah, we, we, we left it as we found it, which is more than you can usually ask for. Um, so, no. what else? Yes. Okay. Um, Sorry, uh, I, I used to visit there quite a lot. I just thought, well, okay, that's an interesting place for a break. Well, the, well, the thing was, though, we just fancied going away, and this was, we, we kind of looked for um, places on booking.com, and we, we settled at the hotel at Scotch Corner because it had a... It had a nice spa and ah, corner gosh, and yes. Scotch corner. There, that would explain it. Uh, and things like that. So, uh, let me see. Gaming wise, I'm halfway through Mass Effect Two. Did a couple of hours on Elite this last this last week, uh, earning some credits to last another couple of months of carrier 
billing. So yeah, it's basically chilling out really. I'm kind of on a wind down from, I've got a slow kind of wind down for the summer, get, getting ready to go on holiday. Excellent. Okay. Um, we'll go, we'll pop over to the Isle of Man to Mac. Um, how have you been, sir? Hello. Very good. In fact, I was in Milton Keynes this last weekend. <laughs> Not another one. The, the, funny enough, this is probably this first live car I can actually get to because it's in Milton Keynes. We have friends in Milton Keynes. Um, the trouble with the other hotel being in the middle of nowhere, it might as well be on the surface of the moon for me because, uh, you know, not being being in England without a car, you know, you need, pub, you need somewhere accessible by public transport. And this, so it, I, I was absolutely over the moon to hear the, uh, that LaveCon's going to be in Milton Keynes this year because we have friends there and they also play Elite Dangerous. So we'll probably all, we'll probably all go this year. But no, I was, I was there, I was actually there to go to Bletchley Park uh, because the National Museum of computing april the 23rd which was saturday was the 40th anniversary of the launch of the sinclair spectrum so they had a little event on at the national museum of computing which i went to uh, and there was a talk uh, by sir clive sinclair's son crispin sinclair which was interesting to hear about what life was like in the Sinclair household. Um, Richard Altvasser, who designed the electronics, was there, and he did a talk about uh, reminiscence of a designing and moving on to the Jupiter Ace. And Steve Vickers, who wrote the ROM and the manual, was there as well, and he did a talk. So, yeah, it was a, there was a bit of a game competition. I actually won one of the game competitions, which is pretty cool. Um, so, so what was it like in the Sinclair household? I sort of imagine, you know how if people are dual uh, languages, they'll speak over the table in the French at home and they'll use English outside. Did, did they, like, speak um, Z80 Assembler to each other over the table? Or something no, because like Clive wasn't really into computers that much apparently it was like it was just something he did he you know he wanted interest in the electronics but he never used computers he was more interested in slide rules apparently uh than than computers so yeah it was uh but um the the the, the sinclair children did get the pre-release of the product so they they got like a uh they got the spectrum before anybody else had it and all that kind of stuff so, so they used to correct errors in the homework by turning spectrum up and down and like rubbing the pencil mark out and stuff yeah yes uh, there's the joke about the rubber keys yes so anyway the wait for a joke about rubber keys. actually the because i i went to a previous event um actually the spectrum 30 event and rick dickinson who did the industrial design was at that one and sadly rick dickinson's died um uh, he was a really nice guy too, and so it, it's it, 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 and he wasn't that old, and so it's, it's a great shame because it'd have been awesome to have him at this event. But he explained in the 30th anniversary event, which was actually in Cambridge near the original where Sinclair's office was in King's Parade, that amongst other things, their um, their product research brought them to the Durex factory because, of course, they needed the rubber for the keys, and so yeah, there was there was <laughs> there was some there was some research into the the rubber compounds used by Durex, etc. So anyway, there you go. So if you were if you were going to tell us that the the keys for a Spectrum were basically recycled from you used Durexes, no, I think they were six. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, but the the other the other cool thing you don't think that, so? No. You cannot confirm or deny. No, <laughs> it, it was the testing out of the compound that makes my mind boggle. Yeah. 
But um, the, the the other cool thing, because of course it was at the National Museum of Computing, and they actually had I I've not seen the Colossus running, but they had it running this this particular uh, weekend. It was pretty it was pretty awesome going there. Cause you go in the room where they got this, they've rebuilt the Colossus, and you feel a wall of heat when you walk in because the whole thing's full of full of valves. Um, yeah. They also had the Harwell Witch running, which is I think it's the oldest computer that still runs. Uh, and it's it's a decatron computer so so the memory is decatrons which uh cold cath basically cold cath cathodes either neon or helium filled tubes which they're like the, the, that storage elements uh and the rest of it is made out of basically telephone exchange relays so it's it's all re- so it makes lots of clicking noises when it's running because it's all relays it's all relays and tubes cool um but that was that was that that was it was it was a very it was a very cool weekend so uh it's good to see our friends in milton Keynes. um the only the only fly in the ointment was on the way back there was travel chaos because engineering works overran on the railways and um lots of trains were cancelled the train we finally got on we had to get an earlier train to make our flights home and uh I have never. I mean, I've been. I I I worked briefly for the for about a year and a half for British Rail back back in the early nineties, and I have never seen a train this packed. The driver threatened not to go because it was too overloaded. It was that bad. Um, but eventually, eventually we did go, and he said, and and they sort of grumpily announced that they'll be running at reduced speed because of the overloading, etc. But um, as long as you've got your flight in time. We did get our flight in time, but yeah, absolute travel chaos. I mean, Birmingham Airport as well. The security line went miles and miles and miles. It took us. It wasn't too bad in the end. I thought it was going to take a lot longer, but it, it ended up taking about an hour to get from the getting off the train to getting on, getting to the uh, getting to the departure lounge. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> on that note of travel uh, nightmare, um, Ben. What what have you been up to for the last couple of weeks? Surprisingly little travel apart from uh, dropping my kids back from Birmingham up to up to the north, and we did have a bit of travel on the M1 where there was issues. Well, it's the M1 at Easter, so you know. Um, but stuff what I've been up to wise. Um, oh, a few weeks ago, uh, I did a interview with Psychit on on her little. Uh, thing, and that came out. I think it was last night that finally came out. So would that be flight assist? Yes, that would be. Flight. That would be that flight would be assist, assist with Mal for the win as well. Yes. Mm. Uh, so yes. That, that came out yesterday, um, I believe. Uh, I've not had a chance to listen back to it yet, unfortunately. Oh, you're uh, going to do some eagle listening, are you? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't like listening back to myself. It feels weird. <laughs> I agree. I agree absolutely. I because um, I tried to listen back to my own flight assist, and I, I had to turn it off after five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoyed taking part in flight assist. I love chatting with Mal and Psychids. I know what I said. I just can't remember what I said. Yeah, um, but it's and no I, all and I'm not accountable record. for anything that I said. <laughs> um, Too late. Oops. Uh, so that that was that. Um, I joined Hillbilly Radio playing some CQC. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of fun. Hillbilly Redneck Radio. You mean loose yeah. screws? <laughs> oh, wow. I think Miggles has just been abused. Has he? Apparently. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, so I did uh, Hillbilly Redneck Radio and CQC with them. So that was a lot of fun. 
Yeah. And I did that completely in VR as well, which, again, I've never done that, and I'm so glad I did it in VR. It was amazing fun. Oh, it is, yes. Um, I must admit, I'd, uh, I did a bit of um, CQC last night after we'd finished with Bridge Crew, and mm. uh, yeah, it, you, you do forget. Oh, yeah. I mean, CQC is... It's, the other thing that was really weird, and I can't mm. explain it, but... You can tell that the maps are from a previous era. I don't know what it is, but there are things in there that just remind me of, okay, this was Elite Dangerous as it used to be, not as it is in Odyssey. Yeah. Now, now it could be because we were playing, I was playing it in Horizons rather than in Odyssey. Um, so, you know, to keep it uh, compatible for everyone, we did, we played in Horizons, but even still, it was, I don't know, there was something weird. Can you um, give us some examples, Ben? So I'm curious. No, I, I can't. That's part of the annoying thing is... It's the engine. Um, because I've played both CQC in, in Odyssey and in Horizons. And the difference in, in between Odyssey and Horizons. Yeah. And this is this is the thing, because basically, if, because it's an older and smoother engine in um, uh, in Horizons, it's, it, the game plays better. I mean, I found this... Uh, it wasn't an FPS thing. That's no, it just it's a feel, isn't it? The, yeah, the frame I, I rate in Odyssey stays up, but... Yeah, I, I really can't put it, put it onto anything sort of concrete, unfortunately. I wish I could. Um, so was it that this version had a higher average frame rate? So it's I don't think or... so. Are you friendly? No, you're not friendly. No, that's... Oh, Christ, Miggles, I nearly shot you there, mate. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was frame rate because I was, you know, I'm rocking, I, you know, with my, I'm rocking sixty plus FPS in space anyway, so it's not, a, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. That there is something. There's a, I don't know, a slight difference between the way the things, re- the the engine yeah. renders. For some reason, it works better in Horizons, even though the, it it also depends on your graphics card as well, because um, obviously if you your graphics card isn't as it, uh, won't run um, Odyssey as fast as Horizons, then you have to turn the the detail down. And, and but there's I don't know it feels grainier. That's what that's the way I feel. Yeah, and I don't some know. of the yeah. Either way, I had a lot of fun with doing it, and um, yeah, I got my ass whipped. But yeah, that's <laughs> you got chigged. <laughs> I got chigged. I got musketeered. Um, you you got done by a cheesy chig. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else have I been doing? Um, been playing, playing RimWorld, playing Minecraft. I got my ass handed to me in Minecraft. Unfortunately, um, I had yeah. Um, it's, it's my own stupid fault. I went off and put a bed down in the end, and I <laughs> forgot that doing that causes the bed to explode, which made me lose everything basically. And it was yeah, that was. I was like, why did I do that, you stupid person? Um, what else? Have, um, I think that's really been about it. Um, I went to the Lego Center with my kids. I saw Sonic 2 with my kids. Uh, yeah, that's really... Yeah, that's been about it. I still not you... shaking this this cough, cold, lurgy, lung disease, whatever I've got. Did you buy anything at the Lego? Oh, Christ, no. I've not got... I've not made... Actually, that's a lie. I'll, that is a lie. Um, I bought some Lego minifigure key rings because they weren't a complete and utter fortune. Um, I think it was three minifigure key rings for 12 quid. So if you had the money, what would you have bought now? If I had the money and I had the room, 
then obviously I'd be buying the DCS uh, Falcon. Um, but I have neither the money or the room, so I won't. Or the time. How many thousands of bits is it? Many. Uh, do you know what? I could make the time? You know, time Time is the... You know, I, I just wouldn't do the show for several weeks while I, while I built it. You know, I'd be able to find this time. You know, that, that, said, that's definitely, you know, priorities in life, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I mean, the thing is, though, what you don't want to do is build something like Lego Millennium Falcon upstairs and then strip and then drop it. Well, the, yeah, I mean, my brother-in-law actually has the Falcon, and is somebody shooting me or is that me getting hurt? Uh, he's got the Falcon, and he's managed to break it twice, I think, now, while he's trying to build it. Uh, but he's also got, you know, various... Well, he's got arthritis and fibromyalgia and various other things that means he has very low control over his hands. But I suppose doing the Lego helps that, does it? Helps that, but then you do it too long and it's like, ouch. But then he's like, do anything too long and it's ouch. Uh, but it's, you know, it's good to use them and keep things... Keep things in... Keep things in use, even if it hurts, I guess is the way I'd say it. Something like that. Um, right, well, yeah, he's, managed, he's managed well, to break his, his one twice now, at least. Well, uh, apparently, um, the Xeno Bunny has escaped. So Colin has been oh. off for a minute. So, yeah. Um, it, 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 does Colin not realize it's, it's not escaped? It's actually in my dinner pot. So I don't know, but. Don't tell uh, him. I would, I, would, I would hope he doesn't cross the streams while trying to capture the Xeno Bunny. Oh, but, but anyway, development news. Uh, let's move on to that, I think. Um, there was we a frame shift. News, don't we? Well, there was a frame shift live this week. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't, there wasn't a lot of development news in that. Um, uh, so basically, it was like, no news is no news, isn't it? Was what I took from that uh, live stream. Pretty much. I can't, why can't I? There I go. I can scroll down. Um, so we, well, we've had, because obviously, yeah, oh, yes. You lot are a bunch of complete slackers. You know, why is it I take one week off and you like, yeah, you know what? We can't be bothered doing it this week. And you, you take the week off when I'm off. We missed you so much. How could we possibly have a lay radio without you uh-huh. gone, Ben? I noticed that. Sorry about that. Believe it or uh, not, we had just had a fox alert. Oh, wow. Yes, um, a fox has moved in. Um, there's a den quite close to us now, so the yeah. the rabbit is is basically he's, he's stressed out. Foxes are so cute. Foxes eat rabbits. Foxes are I so cute. They've already killed one of our rabbits, so you know. Okay, well I haven't killed one of your rabbits, but yeah, but no. I'm just imagining Souverine now going fox alert. Oh, I've heard I've heard from Souverine as well, actually. Yes, um, something something about. Yeah, Souverine is now living in Cambodia, of all places. Right? Okay. Yeah. Last I heard he'd moved to America and become a Donald Trump supporter, but... Oh, um... he, he's now gone to become a drug mule in Cambodia or something. Oh, right. So... Either that's the drug dealing bit is purely speculation if you're listening to Cambodian drug authorities. Well, either He's either a drug mule or a sex worker, I'm not quite sure. Both. <laughs> Possibly both. Hey, he might have, he might have turned into a monk. He might have turned into a monk. I just don't see that happening. I've bet Souverine. So you think he's like become like Doctor Strange and he's gone like to a monastery in Cambodia? That's just exactly what I think he is. Except uh, what, Doctor Strange went to the to the Himalayas, didn't he? But he did, yeah. What I genuinely yeah, but Souv is, is, is less fit than Doctor Strange. So Himalayas, you have to climb up places, don't you, to get in the Himalayas? So 
Yeah, Suvi's recently, well, recently-ish single, um, and I think he's basically going for a midlife crisis at thirty. Ah, yeah, that, that that is what I s- s- strongly suspect. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, going with a yeah. Doctor Strange explanation. I, I think I will as well. I think he's going to be turned into one of those Shailen monks. Yeah, he'll be just about in orange, and he'll come back with amazing kung fu skills. Well, because Sue had quite a good head of hair, didn't he? So maybe he shaved it off, and he's like a Harry Krishna Shailen monk. That's also possible. <laughs> well, but if Sue, if you are listening, we do miss you. So uh, <laughs> I hope everything is well. Honestly, <laughs> just just ignore the silliness we that we were saying. We would abuse you if we didn't care. <laughs> This is the leave radio way of showing of caring, just abuse. Anyway, um, yeah. Oh, so I guess you've touched on the fact that there's no news. No, no news is no news. Yeah, yeah. No news is no news. Yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, in Friendship Live or Six. I mean, yeah, they're still, you know, they're still looking into transferring from consoles onto PC. Yeah, what's happening with that? They're, yeah. But- They've trying had to get the roadmap. They're try- Are they still trying to get developers on the stream? Uh, no, not as far as have, I'm oh, aware. Are they meant to be trying to get developers on the stream? You know what? I don't think we'll get anything, absolutely anything, <laughs> until Warhammer, this Warhammer game comes out. Mm. Um, it's, inter- it's interesting what Karen was saying about uh, Frontier uh, attending LaveCon. And personally, Frontier attending LaveCon is a bonus. It's not why I go. I go to meet everyone and chat and catch up. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I don't go there because Frontier goes there. So if they don't turn up, it'll be, yeah, okay, whatever. But the main reason for me going to LaveCon is to see people, normal people, not developed people. You're going, um, to, going to see normal people. Have you met LaveCon attendees? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no, the, the, the thing is, I mean, um, the one thing about LaveCon is the first thing that, we're normally asked is is anybody turning up um to livecon uh that i mean we do get asked that so you know i hope they do and i hope they have something new to say at LaveCon, i do but. because there's nothing worse than people turning up and then saying well we're here but we can't tell you anything i think actually because there's, there's a few i encourage old guard who would turn up i think whether they were officially invited or not people like uh Sarah Jane Avery and Dav and people like that. They, they live fairly close, don't they? So I'm pretty sure they'll turn up. Anyway, um, yeah, so no development news. I mean, Arth has said that it, they are basically pushing for a roadmap and we're feeding back that the the community is, is um, how shall I put, put it, best way, running out of patience. It's certainly the impression you get when you read Reddit and you read um, you read the forums. There's an awful lot of people who are just there going, this game's in maintenance mode now, even though I technically don't think it is. I think that's another subject we, we can all talk about because that can lead down a nasty rabbit hole, can't it? It can. It can. Uh, we also had a discovery scanner happen this week, which effectively um, was more of the same. The Discovery Scanner was was highlighting probably the same community events that we will be highlighting later. Uh, And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, again, as soon as 
that was posted, there was a lot of people on the forum just going, we would like some development news, please. Um, however, one thing that they have done is they have updated the Azimuth Saga thread to bringing the story up to date. Now, this has got everybody a little bit excited because the only time they ever do that is when something big's going to happen regarding to the Azimuth Saga. Uh, now, we know that the CG was cancelled last week and that something's going to happen this week, but ooh, we just don't know. Did they give an explanation why it's cancelled last week? Um, apparently, there was a, there was a, they discovered a bug in it, which does imply that it, it, there's more to it than just your standard CG. And a lot of people went off and did things in advance because it had something to do with collecting Thargoid bits. Yeah. Uh, there, there and they've gone said, oh, go on, there, there was a thing with the, the Thargoid um, scannery doofer uh, that apparently this bug has been lock, logged several years ago. Um, and I guess it just wasn't realised that there was a bug with it. And they went off and did something that relied upon it. And then realised, oopsie, it doesn't work. So, I mean, yeah. that's, Hopefully it'll get fixed. I mean, that's that's really surprising, isn't it? There was a bug that I've logged years ago and hadn't been fixed. Sorry, I'm being a bit grumpy about it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's. Does that mean we're going to get a, an update so that the bug will get fixed before they can do the CG then? Or oh, is before they do that CG. Oh. Fair it, enough. Hopefully it means that they now know about it and they're like, oh shit, we should really fix this bug. And it'll be pushed up the queue in Gyra. And then they will actually fix the bug. That'll be nice. Hang on. Um, was, this, 12. was this the same bug that caused the CG to fail when the Thargoids first came out? Because if I remember that one of the CGs failed because there was a bug using collected, using the limpets where you had to sample Thargoids using those, those damn limpets and it wasn't working properly. Yeah, there was, wasn't there? Is it the same bug? Because I'm sure I've been able to sample Thargoids using that limpet since. Mm. I got Happy Moon Monday is saying, yeah, it's the same bug, yep. as as does Wolf Dragon. Oh. Yeah, multiple people are saying it's the same bug, and yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Is that yeah. right? I, I, I remember getting really frustrated with that when that, that CG came out. Yeah. And going, Frontier, was... we, it, it, saying this nicely, if there are any Frontier staffers listening... <laughs> We are desperately trying to be positive and optimistic, but you don't make it easy, guys. Yes. We are trying. And I know you're trying too. Some might even say very trying, or at least my wife would say I'm very trying. Yeah, pun of the week. Anyway, (laughs) yes. So, uh, we shall move on from the development news and see what's in the in-game events. Well, obviously we've got two weeks of um, events to, to cover. Um... It's, it's mostly a little bit of um, of, of different things happening. Um, first of all, Sirius, on the 13th of April, Sirius is now defending Alliance territory, it says. So their megaships have now moved into place to help um, uh, defend the Alliance against any Thargoid attack, which we'll probably be touching on later. Um, the Marlinist starports were completed. Well, the CG for the Marlinist starports were completed. Um, however, it didn't do that well. There was only two. It only got up to level two, uh, even though it had over 4,000 people actually taking part in the CG. It was um, one of the highest CGs we've seen in a while. Do you think uh, it's because they set the bars? Too high. I think so. I do think they set the bars too high for that one, but 
uh, yeah, the, the Molinists are going to get their, their, their two stations. Um, we have an independent running for the federal presidency, Rackham. Uh, now, he's, he's been mentioned in, Cal, in Galnet before. So, yeah. So he's going to be coming back in. What was that? A kind of Trump figure? Don't know. Uh, um, so, yeah, he's going to be running for uh, the federal uh, presidency. Um, Salvation has strengthened his bonds with the superpowers with um, the members of the uh, the Federal Navy, the uh, the Imperial Navy and the Alliance Navy all able to join up with Salvation uh, to help fight Thargoids without them being penalised. Um, yeah, Sean, you got something about Salvation? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure this has occurred to other people. Uh, way before it, it did me this week, but um, do you remember in the in law and the, the whole stuff that Drew was writing about? There were two sorts of Thargoids. There was the Galaxians and the Eurasians, wasn't there? Yes, there were. And one Thargoid species was trying to wipe out the other Thargoid species. And I'm wondering if Salvation is this other Thargoid species trying to get us to do its dirty work for it. Yes, there was supposed to be. Well, there was one. Oh, I can't remember the exact ones. I I do have the book, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, one of them uh, is using humanity as a meat shield, apparently. Or oh, that was that was the theory. But we we haven't heard anything outside those those novels. Well, there was the whole club stuff, that wasn't there? That was that was all linked in with what the club was supposed to be about, wasn't it? And yeah. that was actually in game, though, wasn't it? This whole. Aresians and Klaxians thing. Yeah. So theoretically, it's in war. And I was just wondering because it seems awfully convenient all of a sudden salvation pops up from apparently nowhere and goes, Hi, I'm everyone's friend. Have some free weapons to help you kill your tyrants. Yeah. Um, ben, you have something you'd like to respond to? Yeah. So, uh, not me, Mr. is saying, I can't see the point of the two hour format Frontier stream when they've got nothing to say. And Frontier are basically now in a position of the damned if they do, the damned if they don't. Yeah. You know, we've we've been moaning, and we were moaning for God knows how long when Frontier weren't saying a single thing. Yes, and and they still got nothing to say, but at least they're saying nothing or something. I don't know. They're trying um, to engage, they're, they're trying to engage with the community, you know, and say that you know we are we yeah. are still here, we are still listening, but um, you're listening, I, but you're saying nothing. Um, yeah. But then, you know, as as I've said, excuse me again, uh, as I've said to you guys, I, I do feel that Frontier are now in a negative spiral, basically, where even if they went off and said, we fixed tiling, consoles and VR are all coming to, v- all coming to Odyssey, and we'll all get ships and zero-G manoeuvring or something like that. Yeah, if if they gave Frontier you, would they, still be screwed with the communication, and we'd still be pissing and moaning about it. Uh, yeah, I I think um, it's it's one of these things where, I mean, it took. I go back to No Man's Sky when this kind of thing happens. It took No Man's Sky two yeah. years to get decent, and then another three years on top of that to get good. Uh, yeah. And all that time, they didn't communicate, 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 communicate at all. Jesus, what is wrong with my voice? Um, they didn't communicate at all, but at least they they were they were putting out 
positive content patches, which essentially did the communicating for them. Yeah. And that's that's what everybody wants. They keep, they keep on hearing, uh, we've got great things coming. Okay, you've got great things coming. Put your money where your mouth is. And, that, and that, are we going down this rabbit hole now, or are we going to pull up before we hit the ground? I think we'll pull up before we, we, we hit the ground, because we're only up, halfway yeah. through. Yes, the, 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 the jit is going already. <laughs> whoop, whoop, pull up, terrain, terrain, whoop, whoop, pull up. <laughs> I am so looking forward to Topcom 2. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, that was a tangent. Right. Um, back to the in-game events of what's been happening in Elite. Um, uh, Young Ri, who is the head of the Sirius Corporation, has uh, basically put out a, a PR pl- uh, piece to show... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're putting on the, the happy sidewinder onto the, the Twitch stream to, to cheer everybody up. Um, he's, he's, he said that a, he's done a PR piece to, to show off uh, how good Sirius has been for the entire human race, saying, this, this, is, this is our, our company. You might think we're bad guys, but actually we're good guys type thing. And then the day, a couple of days after that, the superpower systems, three superpower systems were overrun by Thargoids. One alliance, one imperial, and one federal, which is only so like Susong's only so like seventy light years away from Earth. So, um, and we've got no response. They've they put out a call out for um, independent pilots to defend us against the the Thargoids. Uh, we've definitely touched on this before, though. I personally don't think any systems in the bubble will be permanently trashed by this. Certainly not Sol. Or Akanar, or any of the other capsules. I, yeah. I did, they, they put too much effort into the bubble to burn it and to do that, and because you know, it would really mess over new players as well. But on the other hand, th- I think sometimes you need an apocalypse in a game uh, to uh, freshen things up. I mean, yeah, okay, so it would perhaps give a little. I mean, so long as they keep out the start area, I don't think it would screw up new players too much but i think to inject a bit of you know because we, we we talk about this negative spiral and anything like that it would definitely get you out of that negative spiral if you actually inject adventure and danger and really wild things into the bubble so i think i think you could sacrifice a few systems to make that happen see i don't think it would because i don't know about the rest of you but i'd quite happy to see Stoll and Lave and Akinara and like to get blown up and burn. I, that don't really affect me at all. That's I think yourself, I, you'll, you'll have to you'll have to find somewhere else to broadcast from because we couldn't be Lave Radio if Lave's not there. Well, I'm sure we'll sure manage, but you can kind of see what the sure this side of Dito, Colin. Well, we'd be the other side of Dito, wouldn't we? But anyway, um, but you can kind of see where I'm coming from. It's there's a group, there's a whole people, probably me included. Who, if there was a CG that said, "What you do will determine the fate of Earth," I would make sure I was on the side that blew it up. So, are uh, you saying that you're a Vulgon then? Which we kind of suspect. Oh well, wouldn't you? I think most people would want to to, to mess it up just to see what would happen. Because saving it doesn't really do anything. You're not going to get a ticker tape parade, are you? You're not going to get, oh yay, Shannon's entered the system. So you're not going to get that. You must well just blow it up. That's for fun. Well, uh, the Thargoids have uh, are still being fought off in uh, in those three systems. Um, 
So there's plenty of CG, uh, not CGs, but plenty of uh, incursions and anti-Thargoid activity there. Um, Rackham has now consolidated his uh, hold in the Beta Hydri system. Uh, on Friday the 22nd and of course the Malinus colonies received their starport, the starport resources. Uh, Sirius yet again vows to defend the Alliance even though they're not actually defending the Alliance at the moment and the Como crew has now appointed a new council leader in, <laughs> in the uh, uh, in their uh, burger making business. <clears throat> yes. Don't eat the white meat apparently. <laughs> So, that brings us to the end of the in-game events which have been happening this week. Obviously, the Anti-Xeno Initiative um, are in those three Thargoid systems, kicking bottom. And uh, at the moment, none of, this, none of the uh, stations have blown up, which um, Bruce did say was an error, and that will be rectified this weekend, this, this Thursday. So, expect to see some stations on fire. Uh, if you want to do rescue missions, which is a very good way of building up rank with the uh, with your appropriate faction. Oh yes, I I rescued my way to a corvette. Exactly. You want a corvette? You want a cutter? That's your best way to get them. Go rescue, rescue people. Be a thunderbird. Do you have to rescue them, or can you just take the, take them and eject them? No, you have to actually rescue them. You don't get the credit until you deliver them to the rescue ship in one piece with all the arms and legs still attached. And breathing. And breathing, yes. Yes. You can, oh. you can just hear the disappointment. If they, if they arrive, if the refugees arrive damaged, you do not get a reward. Oh, he says. The disappointment. <laughs> well, it's that, it's that time of week, please. Let, let's hear the dulcet tone of the sovereign. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. A store alert, a store alert, a store alert, a store alert, a store Welcome back. Well, there's only one major piece of um, of merch that that was released in the store over the last couple of weeks, uh, but it's a good one. It's the vintage gear set. You want to look like an Apollo astronaut, or you want your um, your commander to look. Basically, this is how I imagine spaceship spacesuits to look. I don't, maybe this is just ages me, but this is how I imagine space suits to look. Not this, not the 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 flash SpaceX stuff. This is what I imagine a spacesuit to be. So um, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, Shan, you just sort of said, "What do you want to say?" Well, I mean, I guess they're fun, and they took a bit of effort to do, I suppose. But it makes you look like a Robbie the Robot analog you know you saw well, i saw ben earlier on in the stream and i was sort of expecting him to walk around waving his arms going danger danger 
you know, or have one of those sort of Buck Rogers style ray guns or something. I don't know. I'm not sure they quite fit with my image of what the Elite Dangerous stuff looks like. But you are never happy. I have never. I have not seen a more positive reaction to this. Uh, when this came out, uh, the amount of people that just went, "I'm not going to buy arcs. I'm not going to buy arcs." That came out. They went, "Oh, you know what? I, I just might." <laughs> and uh, yes, they 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 do look. The thing is, they do look very nice, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and they they've got a kind of old worldy uh, sort of sci-fi aesthetic that I quite like. <laughs> I haven't bought one yet, although I want to. I mean, at the rate they are, they're about um, depending on how many art you know the the discount you get for the arcs. They're between eight and nine pounds for arcs in order to. Uh, uh, to get the gear, I just wouldn't have them if you paid me for them. I'm just not my not my style. Yeah, I preferred the tiger one they did uh, about a month or two back. Well, I think that was awesome. Chinese New Year. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they I got that one. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yes. Um, Ed Levice was weak. He bought them. I just want them to do. I, in fact, I posted this on the forums a while back. Now we have fleet carriers interior. They need to do a proper ship's captain uniform. I would so, I would so spend money on arcs if they did a proper ship's captain uniform. So what would a ship's captain look like? Would it look like the Arnold Rimmer? With, with all the epaulets and the, you know, the black tie and all that kind so of stuff. It'd, it'd look it, like a Russian general then, really. Well, probably, but you know what I mean? You look, or you, if you go on to like a, I don't know, a cruise ship and you see a captain of a cruise liner that that's the kind of thing i'd also want that for fly my beluga liner as well when i got passengers on board so basically you want the full navy whites then oh oh absolutely everything so basically i we, we just know we've now got a new idea of what mac is mac wants to be the guy from officer and a gentleman walking walking to take the lady away that's I, I would i would look so damn hot <laughs> no i wasn't going there my thoughts my thought was mac would be like the guy from coach trip <laughs> or the big have you seen the big bus I'd be like the uh, driver on the big bus <laughs> all of a sudden all, I've just got the image of you lot are all in the mega bus now <laughs> you're just driving the mega bus that's what you want the mega bus uniform <laughs> ah dear but honestly they, they need to they just have they have to do a captain's uniform because yeah. how can you wander around the deck? Because when I went, when I walk around the deck of my fleet carrier, I just look like any of the other oiks who are there. <laughs> I I need to look like a proper officer, you know. I, I am with you there, though, Mac, because you own the fleet carrier, so they should at least salute you when you walk. Oh past. yes, absolutely. Yeah, I must admit that is something that you know you want when you walk up onto that command deck. You want the other. The crew members to stand up, going up. Oh, yeah, and the little deck. and the little whistle, you know, caps on the bridge uh, signal thing. You don't want much. <laughs> Something to stroke your ego, I think. Yes. Well, you spent all that money I mean, on a camera. Yeah, I was going to say you, you spent probably upwards of six billion credits on this thing. I mean, people could at least salute you. And I want to fire the iPad guy as well. You could almost buy Twitter for that. <laughs> Yeah, hang on. Twitter is that that's the current of what, ten fleet carriers. Ah <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, there's another 
there's another subject of rabbit hole we ain't going to go down. Right. Um, I think we'll take some adverts now and uh, we'll come back with a improvised main discussion. You've flown ships at max speed. You've felt the power of the 30 megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 shaving drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 shaving drone. Now I feel manly. Saracen Shaving, making shaving an unnecessary adventure. public service announcement from the fuel rats please stop what you're doing and pay attention if we can rescue you we will but you can help us help you by following these easy steps one fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise two note down the current system and the nearest stellar body three if you're on emergency life support log out immediately Four, go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. Five, stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr., and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete, and I'm a long-distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics, we aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent, that sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts, no need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics, now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. 
because the family that grows old together goes cold together. And welcome back. Now, one of the things that uh, did inspire the, our little topic for this afternoon, or well, this evening, um, is the fact that people are paying sort of like eight or nine pounds for these these um, uh, cosmetics, which, you know, dependent on whether or not you enjoy them or not, it's, it's completely personal whether or not you get value out of it. Um, however, we did think is, if Elite Dangerous continues and it continues by doing smaller updates, we are wondering, first of all, would people prefer to, to pay for smaller pieces of content as it comes out, or um, would you prefer the the content as it comes in one big dump in a season pass, um, or and what kind of form would those smaller update takes? Uh, what you know, what form would these smaller updates take? For example, um, say for instance they turn around and said, okay, um, we will put full VR on foot, but that will cost you an extra tenner. As it is sent, would that be uh, enough, or do you think that would be too much? Frankly, I think I I think I'd pay twenty quid for it, or at least fifteen. Um, I think the important thing, though, with all of these these sort of things, is they have to be atomic. I guess you could say. So I can get it, and I've got it, and that that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. If I've got it, it doesn't affect whether you have it or not if you know what i mean yeah it's it's got it's kind of got to be modular hasn't it so yeah. so basically um it can just slot in and put it put it in yeah so um, i've got i've got vr you don't mm-hmm. but it doesn't it's really not, matter to you no so basically if you make a run from one place to another you'll be it won't affect the the other people what person watching you run they would they would they won't be able to tell that you're in vr yeah, I mean, the only thing that would be absolutely freaking awesome, excuse me, and I would love it if they could do this, would be if you could actually use your controllers to aim and shoot as well. Yeah, well, so you're, it... you're, you're, it's proper, proper VR using the controllers to walk, move, interact with things, shoot your guns and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's got to be done right, basically. Yes, it has to, and that, and that's that's the problem. I mean, because when you look at games like Skyrim, Skyrim charged an extra pool price, forty quid. You basically bought Skyrim again for VR, and is that's uh, that's the thing. I mean, how much would you be willing to pay for, say, on foot VR? I'd probably pay fifteen twenty quid. I think, yeah. So basically, two two lots of spacesuits. <laughs> That seems that seems reasonable to me. Um, I don't think it's all that. I don't think it's it's not strictly needed, but it would be nice. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's elite was such a elite having VR was such a selling point, and elite's implementation of VR, everybody was like, "Oh my god, you've got to go try elite." Yeah. And they've just thrown that away. It did. I mean, that is one thing that. It's funny you should mention that because I've had a friend of mine that I had been bugging for absolutely ages to try Elite Dangerous on VR because yeah. he's, he's had his VR headset. He's never tried it. And um, basically, he um, at the weekend, he set up his first VR. <laughs> he's just moved house, so he's, he's just basically set up a VR room. 
<laughs> lucky so and so, and and put elite on for the first time, and he said, "I don't understand why people you need this game on a monitor anymore." You don't. You really no. don't. And then I had to explain to him what happened with Odyssey. He said, "I don't care. I'm just flying a spaceship." <laughs> yeah. I'm up. Yeah, I'm actually against the idea of these pay for features things. I think it's. I think it would backfire spectacularly because people would see it as a cynical attempt to get more money while not actually adding much content. Um, hang on, hang on. You say that wouldn't add much content. We were talking about adding VR into the game completely, and you say that's not adding content. Um, yeah, basically. It just changes. The, VR is, is, is cool. I, I love VR and Elite. It's really well done. However, at a base level, all it is is changing your field of view. And if I if I was to pay for additional features and content, I would want it to be an expansion in which everyone could enjoy, not just people with VR. Yeah, but why make why make um, Sai say pay for VR when she doesn't have VR? Yeah, that's not really fair either. Even if it's as part of an expansion. Um, and the other thing that, I mean, it's, we're not just talking about VR, obviously. We're talking about, it might be VR, it could be it could be base building. You know, that's another thing that people have been like, you know, we want base building in Elite Dangerous. Or, but frankly, make, it part, sleep- make it part of the expansion, don't... Yeah, as I said... No, this, this, is where I, this is where I would go with this, right? I'd be like, okay, fine, you, you want Elite Dangerous to have... Actually, I'd, I'd say fleet carriers would have been an ideal thing for this as well. He was like, okay, you, you can have a fleet carrier, that's great, and you can do, you know, we, we've got proper ship management and things like that, so now instead of being one man running around there, one man and the spaceship kind of thing, you're now in charge of a fleet, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, fleet carriers as implemented, I would classify that as pay to win. Yeah, Um uh, where I wouldn't mind. Do you well, remember ages? I mean, can I just finish this? So, I think if you make it something, I don't. I personally don't care about fleet carriers or about base building, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people do. So I and I think if you if you had a fleet carrier, you can have a fleet carrier that doesn't adversely affect me, or you can go and construct and manage your own base, and that doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game. And there are other things as well that you can do that doesn't ad- affect my enjoyment of the game. Then go and do... You, you can pick and choose off the smorgasbord kind of idea what you want your game to be. And I don't think I see a downside of that. Because, you know, you say it gives you an advantage. And yeah, sure, you could argue that fleet carriers give people an advantage. But you can also affect the game so that... You can, you can do things so that they don't give them that advantage as well. Um, and, you know, yeah, they make, they make money by managing their base. That's great. But you have to go and put money into manage your base, and I don't see any problem with you. you know, it turns that base around, into, a, into a money sink as well. Yeah, it turns the base into a money sink, and instead of running around doing missions, you now have to spend your time managing your base, not what I would call playing Elite Dangerous. But if that's what you want to lead Dangerous to be for you, then more power to you. I mean, what we're on about here is basically not the huge Odyssey um, level 
update. We're on about smaller updates. There's, there's still expansions, but they are smaller, self-contained pieces of of uh, of game that we can add to, uh, optionally add on. Go on, then, Shan. On a practical level, you're opening yourself up to a world of pain if you do those micro expansion um, and not have them available for everyone. Because quite quite honestly, what do you do if someone hasn't bought said bit of content and someone else has? How do the instance together? I mean, it's better than trying to get Odyssey to work with Horizons. Practically don't, let alone a fleet carrier expansion pack or a VR expansion pack or whatever. It makes it really difficult for version control and testing on, on, a, on a practical level. I mean, there was a... Do you remember a number of years ago, there was some video files that made their way into the game directories? Mm-hmm. And and they were supposed to be part of a mission pack? Well, they, they were rumoured to be something to do with a mission pack. Never something turned out. Like, yeah. yeah, and I'm just... That sort of mission pack content, probably, if it, if it was the price of a spacesuit mm-hmm. for a fiver, then I can probably, I can say, well, yeah, okay, mission, mission pack for a fiver, maybe you can pay for arcs with it, generate the money in, you know, money in game by playing the game. Mm-hmm. Or I, I can see how that would be okay, but if it was standalone, didn't affect anything, but then the scope that you're talking about, it would affect everyone. I mean, a fleet carrier, for example, is a complete beast when it comes to manipulating the background sim. Yeah. I, it is and it isn't. I, I, I think it could, be, it could be done in such a way that it isn't a complete beast manipulating the background sim. You know, it's like, okay, fine, you can go and load up that and it can be quicker, but you can... I, I don't see that as a negative, to be honest, Shan. I really don't. But you're paying real money for an in-game advantage, aren't you? But you're also having to pay real-world... You're having to pay in-game credits to load it up. You're having to pay... You know, you've got your time to load it up as well. And they could they could go and slow things down, or there are ways that they could... I think I think we're getting off the, the subject yeah. here, because the base... Because uh, I think the fleet carriers are actually a bad example, because you've just said there that you want something that doesn't affect other people's play, when fleet characters, fleet carriers obviously would. Uh, but there are other options. I mean... If we went back to the base building thing where you are basically creating what could be a static fleet carrier in an unexplored system, that could be just something that you start building it up, someone else builds another base over there but has a a different economy. We could start implementing player-based economies. But as far as that's concerned, other commanders could still use those bases, but... Only the commanders that have bought the expansion can actually manage those bases. Same, uh, same as you know, only fleet carrier owners can manage the fleet carrier. But I can still, I can still go onto your fleet carrier and use it. Um, yeah, but as as as, as, uh, as as um as Sean said, that actually manipulates the, the. You can use fleet carriers. I mean, I wouldn't use the fleet carrier for that. I would want to use my fleet carrier to head out into the black. Yeah. And and be a support vessel for me my exploration, but but I, I do think you know the f- mechanics could be changed so that the advantage that fleet carriers have manipulating the background sim and CGs is negated. 
You know, that's you know they don't have to have that advantage and give that advantage. But, you know, okay. On the other hand, the if you do that, like, then the yeah. main reason for for most for a lot of people having a fleet carrier ceases to be. I mean, I got my fleet carrier precisely to manipulate the VGS. Yeah, and I think I I think that's a cheese reason. I really do. I mean, but you know that's why they exist. And but I just I do think it's so cheap. I mean, we have to. I mean, it's like supporting. Well, some things. It's it's it, it, it it's a fleet carrier, so it carries your fleet. So if you're fighting a BGS war. Where do you want your fleet carrier next to the conflict zone? Yeah, and I don't think that's cheese at all. That is their that, entire re- reason. Their it. entire reason of existence is to support BGS wars and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by manipulating the BGS is is to primarily make sure your fleet is, is in the right place. Is in the right place, and yeah. so you don't have to traipse to a station, God knows how far away from the high intensity conflict zone. You can nip back to your. You can nip back to your carrier repair and all that, and and off you go. <coughs> so a general locks me in. So a general question then, because I think it is related to what we were talking about, is how would you want players, customers, call them what you like, to pay, be able to pay for this additional content? Would you want it purely financial, i.e., you buy arcs and then whatever, or would you want to be able to exchange? in-game credits for arcs or how would you want it to oh god have- no, no, pure, no don't, keep it an arcs. don't, keep it don't arcs. open the uh, in-game credits for arcs thing because that as soon as you open that then it does become pay to win and that's that's what why that, well what depends what you're going to buy for well, the, the arcs suddenly a way to you you can convert cash into arcs and you can convert in-game currency into arcs so suddenly, Elite Dangerous has a way to almost launder money. Essentially, I guess. Well, there would be if you could get money out. Well, that's, everything yeah. just stays in. But just, just to, just to say, you know, criminal factions. If they, if you went to launder money, you have to have a way to get your money back, clean. And that's not, that's not mm. going to happen. But if, if you're on about, I mean, if you're on about using arcs. To get to transfer into credits, that is definitely pay to win, pay to skip, pay to whatever it is, because um, you're you're basically using arcs to gain credits. And once you've started down that route, you might as well look at some of the other nickel and dime things that happen in other MMOs, which is a subject for another day, I think. But would you want in-game methods of being able to purchase this content? Well, Frontier wouldn't, because the the whole point of having this content separate is to generate revenue to keep the game going. What other things? So we've we've come up with VR base building. What about things like okay, in order to land on a Earth-like world, say you've got to pay us twenty quid. Well, that would be a kind of that would be kind of another expand. There, there, there you get yeah. into the kind of more traditional expansions. If you think of Horizons when it came out, it was the ability to land on and do a few things on a um, non Earth like world um, on a just just one of the generic worlds, and it's kind of the same thing with Odyssey as well, isn't it? It's an expansion that allows you to go to yeah. some of these places with a bit of an atmosphere and sort of walk around. So that's already kind of established. 
I think and I'm sure micro content. I think is what they're talking about. And I, I'm sure that the uh, if there are a, if there's a future expansion, it'll probably include an expansion of the kind of places we can go to. In other words, worlds, not necessarily Earth-like worlds, but worlds with weather systems. How about paying oh five to ten pounds for an expansion that gives you a speeder bike from Star Wars? Uh, just says you, speeder bike. Access to a speeder bike from Star Wars, I should say. Okay, so is it just a reskinned scarab? No, it's the proper speeder bike. You know that goes at ludicrous speed. Has no, that's paid to win. Cargo. That's paid to win. <laughs> but you no, know, it's you're only paying to access. That's like saying Horizons is paid to win. No, right. Okay, well, I think actually looking at the if, time, this this is this is a subject that we can actually come back to, which. Um, you know what is pay to win what what could be used for alternative ways to to fund elite dangerous that kind of thing um because unfortunately we, we this one, we're going to run out of time um and we need to do there's a lot of community stuff we need to do so um i i think we're going to have to draw a line under this before it starts getting a little bit too heated and go on to the community corner um, right. Well, first off, uh, we've we've got a new comic strip by Commander Das Das Jav, or C Das Jav on Twitter. And he's got the little SRV. Um, I take it you put this one in, Ben, because you're always was that pulling wasn't up me. cute stuff. Oh, right. It was not me. I don't know who this was. It was me. Sorry. <laughs> well, in that case, in that case, then Chris. Tell us about it. It's just a cute little comic about a little SRV, and I thought everyone should know about it, so I put it in the show notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good reason. It's a, I think know. it's a very it's a very fair little reason, but it's yeah, it's a very cute little SRV. So go along and give it a little watch if you're into that kind of thing. I agree. Uh, it is cute, and it's basically about a little SRV that. Well, that spoilers. That I, I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give the link, spoiler. Link link in the show notes. Yeah. Yes, link will be in the show notes, but you want to see it. <laughs> Uh, can you add? Can you add the link to the chat as well? I can think we can do that, can't we? We can do that. Yes. Right. Um, next up. No, I I saw this on Reddit. It's also been highlighted in the forums. Um, the complete fleet carrier. Um, you must have seen this. Uh, someone has three D printed a meter long fleet carrier, uh, and then wired it all up with lights and sound. That must have taken hours and hours. The 3D printers are not fast. They're not fast at all. And they're not that reliable. I wonder how many times it messed up before you got a good one. Or do you think he did it in bits? And then You'd have certain bits that the, you can't print one something a meter in one go on, well, at least any 3D printer I know of. Yeah, I mean, even my miniature models—they're—they're they're, they're basically sort of quarter models all printed out and then glued together. I mean, they—it's—it's it's a phenomenal piece of work. Um, I'm just trying to find the the details on the forums now, but um, yeah, it's—we have a link to his uh, video that uh, was posted on Reddit in the show notes, and you can see how much detail it is. It's a sort of like. One three thousand, one three thousand scale, <laughs> and it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's three kilometers down to one meter. Yes, he done good. It's good. Yeah. Now on to the big one, which unfortunately um, 
I, I do wish Psykit was here, because then she'd be able to gloat. But she can't, because she's not here. Um, the Buckyball. We have just had the Wiccan wear Buckyball, which um, I think is one of the fun, funnest ones that I've had. I always prefer these ones where they don't, don't have an SRV. Um, yes, so... Max, did you give this one a try as well? Yes, I did the regu- I was going to try and do the unlimited, but I only got time to do the regulation one. But last Tuesday, when the show wasn't on, I spent the whole evening basically mapping out my route and then practicing the crucial tunnel fly through. And it took a few attempts. I I did cop a few rebuys uh, practicing that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was a it was a good race. I sort of. I ended up in a seventeenth, sort of about halfway. Seventh, there's thirty, there's out of thirty-two. Uh, so I, I ended yes, up seventeenth. There, there was thirty-two of us that were there. Yeah, Psykit was in a very good thirteenth place at nineteen minutes thirty-four. I was twenty fifty-five. My my category, my bonus category was uh, I can't remember was it gentle rider or whatever it's called. I didn't cause any hull damage without shields i managed to do it without damage on my ship so i got a 60 second bonus um another uh, orange phoenix who's life radio adjacent uh was in a superb 29th place at 24 minutes 15 seconds unfortunately but, i beat him by one place yes yeah that is 28th yeah sort of by what was it uh 20 seconds or so yeah almost 20 seconds so but, um yeah it was. It was. Yeah. It was. It, it took a bit of. But these things they they do take a bit of preparation sometimes. And for, as I said, unfortunately, I couldn't do the unlimited. I did, I did run out of time. Uh, Psychit tried the unlimited in a Corvette and came a glorious last place because well, I don't think the Corvette fits through the tunnel very well. He tried. Um, <laughs> Twenty-seven minutes and fourteen seconds. I did see some videos from Psychit trying to trying to fit it through the tunnel and i made the comment that it'll fit through a lot better if it's lightly greased <laughs> anyway shay blackwood won the unlimited with amazing i i don't know i don't know how you fly that course in 12 minutes and 25 seconds but shay blackwood <laughs> won it in a viper mark three I mean, it's it, you have to have everything streamlined. You're not just the whole buying and selling a cargo and everything it has to be incredibly streamlined if you want to if you, I I just can't believe how that that is incredibly fast. Yeah, uh, in the, I I would recommend that you have to do this in Horizon, because one thing I did notice is that the way that the uh, menus respond in Odyssey, it's a heck of a lot slower. Oh, that's uh, an I, interesting tip. I yeah. ne- next one of these races I might have to do that because um I must admit I was comparing my time to to Psychic, who was running in Horizons. And I noticed that the me- I must have lost about ten to fifteen seconds just waiting on menus. I reckon because the Odyssey's menus are slower. And um, yeah, so that that's a tip. You have to do it in Horizons because the you know Odyssey is slower on that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm way down in twenty eighth with twenty three fifty two. My slowest time was thirty two minutes. <laughs> I think I think my first because I did a couple of dry runs. I think my first attempts were on the order of twenty five or so, but I sped up with a bit of practice. Yeah, 
I mean, but, I, I, was, I was speeding up sort of like two or three minutes each run. And then for some reason, I seemed to get stuck around the 23, 24 minute mark. And yeah. I just couldn't seem to improve on it. But yeah, the the, the, the winners did unbelievably well. I mean, uh, the regulation, Brewski came first with 15 minutes and 50 seconds in the ship. I don't know Fla- how he did it. Flaming <laughs> Onion Head. Esker, I don't know how you pronounce his name, uh, in Carbon Right 3, Class of 84, did it in 15 51, one second slower. So incredibly tight. Shay Blackwood came third and lost in time at 16.05, so only 14 seconds behind the second place. So, and, and the, the regulate, the unlimited was even tighter. So Shay Blackwood won it with 12.25. Mm-hmm. In a Viper Mark III named Bandit, Bruski came second in a courier named Silly Spreadsheets at twelve twenty-eight, only three seconds slower, and beat it. And beat he beat third place by one second. That was Captain MD in a courier in Starship Speedy, twelve minutes twenty-nine seconds. So, in in fact, the the fourth and fifth place are pretty close as well but yeah they're, they're incredibly to first second and third there's only a few seconds in it in the uh, unlimited class it must very 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 tight timings there yeah uh and just to end on this alec turner decided to to show off um, a kind of blooper reel if you like uh, which you can find on youtube we'll put it in the show notes of all the explosions people who didn't didn't make it through that tunnel or hit the landing pad that little bit too hard, or get shot by pirates halfway through the tunnel run. Yeah, I also love seeing some of the ship names. It's nice that everybody gives puts a ship name in. Um, I like it. Was it Orange Phoenix? Try, try again. Yes, that um, uh, your ship whale oil beef beef hooked. Yes, <laughs> you have to say that with a slightly Irish accent. Yes. My, mine is a slightly more nerdy Sir Kenneth Grange, um, which I chose because Sir Kenneth Grange designed the uh, fairings of the Intercity HST, the train, the Intercity 125. Uh, so that's a fast train. So I thought, oh, this is supposed to be a fast ship. So I'll, I'll call it Sir Kenneth Grange. And I gave it the ship ID uh, 43002, which is the name of the power car that bears his name. Yeah. So very nerdy, a little bit of nerd, nerd alert there. Yeah, but yeah, there's, there's well, another. They, I'm afraid to say it. Regardless of all that, we're still just in the one point club. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. We're all very, we're all very firmly one pointers here. I, I must, I must say. Uh, other yeah. fun, other fun ship names. Number fifteen in the unlimited. Woolies in the courier. Ass in extraordinaire. Which, um, yes, ass inspector in uh, there's one. There's one called Bagger Cats here as well, which is uh, obviously somebody's got some experience with cats. Uh, snakes on a spaceship. <laughs> that secures adder. It's an adder called Bagger Cats. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> but yeah, there's some great ship names in here. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we will try and read out the silliest ones at a later point. Yes. <laughs> So, um, in other news, the um, Belligerous uh, Discoveries Expedition will be starting soon. Uh, it begins on the 30th of April at uh, 20.30 a.m. UTC. Um, it's exploring into the unknown. It starts at uh, Tolan. Um, 
It's going to Colonia, Sajay, Beagle Point, and more. It's led by Commander Digital Mind and his carrier, the USS Minbari. Good grief, there's an awful lot of Ready Player One crossover here. On a six-month or longer journey into the black. Um, it's launching from the Tulin system. An initial leg is to from uh, the bubble to Colonia using the new Colonia bridge. Second stage is Colonia to Sajay in a very roundabout way, and then they'll be exploring the inner Sanctum Centaurius arm uh, and the, the inner Orion Perseus conf, Conflux, uh, Alden's Hold towards Sagittarius A, and then the third stage will be the toughest, with Sagittarius A to Beagle Point. They'll be publishing regular updates and details about their stops uh, and ETAs on their journeys on the Discord and Inara page. So we'll put in a link to the Inara page. Um, additional requirements, tritium donations are nice, but not necessary. I'd, I'd, I'd say they're necessary. <laughs> so um, I, I guess, has anybody got any other business that they want to uh, to bring yes, up? a little bit of selfless, shame, shameless self-promotion for the East India Company. We now own... Half the tea in the in the galaxy. We uh, we success we successfully took over Fujin, the home of Fujin tea. So we have out of the rare teas, there are four rare teas in the galaxy, and we now have two of them. There's uh, Tanmark Tranquil Tea, which uh, we took over Tanmark. Uh, no, about five years ago, I think. And we re- we successfully we successfully uh, have become the controlling faction of Fujin. So. Fujin, so we we are going to, true to our roots. We're we're going for the tea. Lovely. So, yes. So that that was our, our our little bit of a little bit of a success story. It was, it was actually quite a big BGS project to do all that. But yes, it, we we finally got through. And also talking of expeditions, Commander Yannick of this parish um, is has announced a new expedition uh, passage to andromeda expedition starts on september the 18th mm-hmm. goes on to december 11th it starts in the lave system uh, and it goes to the mysterious star one it's called the andromeda expedition because that, that's the closest that's that's the bethoe uh, how you pronounce it gcd d12-0 star one is the closest star to the Andromeda galaxy, so it's right away, right the way on the western edge. But it's, and it's def- nothing to do with a Blake Seven reference. What's nothing to do with Well, I don't, I don't know about that. But the <laughs> the expedition is a is one hundred sixty seven thousand light years long. There will be fleet carrier support. Uh, there are already forty eight sign up, so it's. People are people are joining fast. So yeah, if you fancy a nice epic adventure with the uh, Mercury Seven expedition crew, then uh, come and join up. Can I to explain why he's going three times around the galaxy before we go to Andromeda? Uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I think. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the actually, I had a look at the route because it goes. Let's see if I look at the three D map here. Um, it doesn't quite go around three times around the galaxy, no, but it it goes up through the, it goes up pretty much through the central core. Um, let me just hit the uh, waypoints here. Boing, 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 boing. Uh, yeah, we pretty much go up to Beagle Point and then come back down through Colonia and out the west, out to the western side. 
So it's a sort of a big, the, the, it's quite fast paced, this one. Um, I'd say similar to a bit faster paced than Distant Worlds, which was another one of similar length, or um, the Minerva Centaurus expedition, which was another, which was another Commander Yannick expedition. That was another uh, big one he did, uh, which was about 120,000 light years long. So, and and you want to to make those final jumps in to Star One, you do need something like a 55 light year jump range. But the nice thing about having the fleet carrier support is you can take two or three ships and so you can do the last bit in something with really long legs and the other in something different so there you go excellent ben you've got a uh, any other business so yeah definitely in a in a tangent the org that i kind of play with doing star citizen things Plays many other games, including Minecraft, Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto V, um, and Elite Dangerous. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, Ben, you, kn- you know about this Elite Dangerous thing. Um, why don't you try and look after our Elite Dangerous community? So I've been pimping Lave Radio over to the guys over there. Uh. But I feel like, you know, if if anyone in the community is looking for any kind of mixed gaming community then have a look for tto and look for tto and star citizen or something like that in google or speak to me and things can things can be arranged i guess but i i feel like i've been pimping live radio so much over there i've got to give them a shout out over here i guess that's fair enough well on the, on the subject of inter inter um into game relations or into into podcast relations rather um i think it's beginning to become a regular thing on a sunday night at 8 um 8 p.m uh british summer time which is i think 2 p.m texan time um the loose screws have taken on at least one member of live radio at cqc uh, and I, I think it's it's going to be a um, an ongoing thing right now. At the they've, moment, they've taken on taken us on and then wiped the floor with us. Let's be well, let's be yes. I, I mean, hey, I, I I came third in every one, but out of seven or eight. Three? But um, I I know that I need to get some practice CQC practice in, and um, yeah. So that's that's what we're doing. Um, uh, if Hillbilly Redneck Radio are listening, yes, we will we will weep our Wivenge at some point. Um, but obviously, we we're probably going to get our ass shot off until we can. Uh... I I have a uh, kill to death ratio better than one, and I'd be afraid of losing it if I do if I go to the C- CQC with that lot. <laughs> yeah, mine was above one. It's not anymore. <clears throat> yes. Anyway, uh, I think... Um, oh, we've got another couple of shout-outs. Um, you know how a couple of weeks ago I was saying there must be only one commander fighting off the Thargoids in Lembas? No? Well, that yes, commander... remember. Yeah, that commander got in touch. Uh, commander Ned McReady, real name, he now claims to be the single anti-Xeno initiative pilot who has saved Lembas. <laughs> It's, it's sort of he's, he just sent us a message saying, "Yep, that's just me. I'm just oh, doing it by myself." So well, well done to Commander Ned McReady for saving Lembas by himself. 
they are. Who says you can't be a, uh, a single hero saving a system? Uh, and also, we had a lovely message from Commander Fila Kuti. Uh, I didn't. I don't know what that message was, but uh, yeah, it's, in, it's in the show notes. Um, Malik VR has got himself a custom license plate, which is 07 Commander, proud to be a veteran. Uh, and um, I think we'll have to do our other, other shout-outs. Um, so, um, obviously, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. Uh, you can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash EliteDangerousCQC. Uh, especially useful if you are <clears throat> getting uh, your backside kicked and you need some practice. Um, we'd also like to give uh, shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. Uh, so there's Allograb AM, Black Sky Legion, uh, Canon Podcasts, Spanish Speakers Have the Elitecast, there's a Fatherhood podcast, Flight Assist, this week with Added Lay Radio. <laughs> um, the Guard Frequency, Loose Screws, Squeaking Fuel, and System Chat. Um, for those who want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy, there's also the Data Slate podcast, as created by Alan Stroud. And following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. So we'd just like to thank everybody who's chipped in on the Twitch chat. And uh, what in-game commanders have we had today, Ben? Uh, so yeah, I've had Miggles, Chris, and Mac have been running around with me. Another commander was here, and we invited him, but then he went off and ignored us. So I don't know. There's also Commander Mother six 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 on Lave Station, who oh, looks like okay, yeah, uh, who's ordering a drink at the bar by the looks of it. Sounds like a very good job to do. That's very nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we also say special thanks to Commander Tokuso, JN Tracks, and Alan Stride, who have all created music for this show. So that is it for yet another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Here's up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. Um, you can join the Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to ask, uh, you'd like it, us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Mac, thanks to Shan, and thanks to Ben. Uh, and special thanks, of course, goes to ter- today's tech specialist, Chris Mark Four. So until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like some having a porridge inserted. Need a safe one to space can be doing it. I'm going to see the galaxy.
Ah, oh, damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds and I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, 26th of April, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Thargoids feel a bit silly after they failed to attack the starports they'd planned. And we round up all the news from the past week. The failure of the Thargoid hordes to attack any starports in the Didio, Novus and Sosong systems last week after they'd put out a press release confidently announcing the attacks, has left them looking around for someone to blame. Prince of the Pleiades, Tharg the Mighty, is reported to be incensed at how amateurish it makes the Thargoids look when they're doing their best to seem both scary and competent tentacular supervillains. After very nearly getting to Sol three years ago, the invasion melted into nothingness, and the Thargoids all but disappeared, maintaining just a minimal contractual presence in systems such as Desiat, where they put on hourly shows at the megaships. They responded crossly at the start of 3307 to the Alliance's expansion into the Colsac Nebula, backing the protest up with a reminder that they consider the Witchhead Nebula to be theirs too. But it wasn't really until Salvation started using his summoning spells, luring the Thargoids in to places like Kornsar and some of the systems in the Pleiades by dropping Guardian technology, that the Thargoids came back to the bubble in any meaningful way. But their heart really hasn't seemed to be in it. They've managed the incursion part, but they only attacked a couple of stations in a rather half-hearted way. Now, at last, they've got their act together. They had planned to attack three stations at once, striking at the Alliance, Empire and Federation all at the same time. But it turned out that the Starport attack force was away on holiday, and the standing crew didn't know how to make the weapons go boom. So there was no Starport-shattering kaboom. And the Thargoys were left feeling pretty silly. They have, however, promised that the starports will get blown up good and proper on Thursday this week, and and, and sorry for any inconvenience caused. In other news this week, Archon Delane has appointed a new member to the Kumo Council. Known for his impulsiveness and wild ways, there seems every chance that arch-corsair Callan Salamanca will be making the headlines again very soon. Despite being nowhere near the recent attack on the Didio system, the Sirius Corporation has confirmed that it is actually protecting the Alliance from attack by Thargoids, by planning very carefully. Alliance systems may burn, but by goodness, that serious defence plan is something to behold. Calico Zach Rackham, the federal pirate and businessman, is insisting that he comes from Beta Hydri and not from a small independent anarchy after all. This is not remotely believed to have anything to do with Rackham getting ideas about running for president next year. Beta Hydri is reported to be suffering from a liberal helping of Rackham's attention, which means that he's bought up and redeveloped huge swathes off the planet. All eyes are on 5th of May, when the Marlinist colonies will unveil two new starports. 
The placement of their starports has brought critical acclaim in the past for their excellent views over nearby rings and planetary bodies. And there's every hope that the two new starports will be placed with just as much care. And the new Spelfy craze has been driving the galaxy crazy, with commanders pretending to hold their external cameras like the mobile multifunctional devices of the distant past that were known as mobiles or cell phones or handies, depending on which sort of Earth language you spoke. Asps in front of things is old hat. Now it's arms in front of things that's the cool new trend. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. 